river kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 153. So when last we left our heroes, you had defeated the Wriggling Man. Yep. In all his wriggly glory. In a three-dimensional fight that went into the air, underwater, through the muck, through the mud, through time itself, through the extra planes. And used three of Kaelin's um, different magic sword combinations. Yep. And um, a staggering amount of truly high-level spell used up a staggering amount of the Wriggling Man's truly high-level spells. Nonetheless, we slew him. That's the spirit. Then we staggered out of the swamp, clutching our precious bottles of land. Yep. Um, returned to um, Tristram and Michaela, and um, Caitlin went and had a very much needed bath. Um, and on the morrow, yep. because um, at that point we rested for the day, yep. um, Caitlin wants to make some plans and do some preparations. By all means. So specifically, he would like Michaela to cast a divination spell for him yep. on the House of Forgotten Time. Okay. What are you looking to know? The question I want to ask is, um, what is the greatest threat to us in the House of Forgotten Time? So, Michaela will put herself into a trance, thinking she will reach out to the divine and cast divination, and you hear a voice coming out of her mouth that is... Uh, vaguely feminine and somewhat teasing, that you have heard before. There's Puck. Um, and you hear, All pawns taken, the queen remains. Three lands hold powers amidst her pains. Claim the mountain, climb the tree. Stop the river, use the key. <laughs> That's awesome! Can I, can I have a look at it? Sure. Not know what that means. Yep. And a moment later, Michaela opens her eyes and comes to herself. Mysterious, but that is to be expected. It sounds like we're going to have quite a quite a journey on our hands. The first part of that, the first part of 
My lady's riddle I determine with ease. All pawns taken, the queen remains. Oh, I understand that. That is not to suggest there are no further threats standing between us and our goal, but they are unlikely to be anywhere near as substantive as the wriggling man. (laughs) I would hope... I would bloody hope not. If what Triss has said can be trusted, then... She has few, then she has no more allies that he is aware of to call upon. This being Michaela, she hedges the statement yeah. two or three times. Uh, and presumably you've got the group around here. Yeah. Um, Although possibly we've done the divination privately and then gathered them, given the yeah, level of secrecy that Michaela's deity applies. That makes a certain amount of sense. Um, so, um, um, but we've recounted the riddle to... We get, then gathered them and recounted the riddle to them. And Tristan Tristan sort of offers... Well, three is a very traditional fey number. Uh, three lands. I, I don't know what these three lands are that it refers to, but... There are... Always there are three. The three high fey, the three swords. It's a common recurrent theme. It's a number of power. Aye. Well, I was hoping for guidance to make our preparation. Any more guidance to make our preparations, but I don't understand what that means, but it may be that it'll guide us, um, provide us with some guidance going in. I would suggest that we prepare to climb a mountain, the mountain, climb the tree, stop the river, and use the key. Well, cl- Climbing a mountain, I don't understand particularly well. Climbing a tree is something I'm well, well, well enough equipped to do. Uh, stop a river to dam it, to block it. Aye, maybe something magic could take care of. I think it would be important to be aware that. It should, and, and he looks slightly blankly at you, looks, looks very slightly surprised at you at this point. Surely you don't think the house at the edge of time stops at its four walls. It's not going to simply contain uh, bedrooms and garter robes and the like. I have no idea how big it is or what, what's inside it. Uh, mountains, rivers, trees. The... Essential reality of it will not be confined within four basic walls. Ah, so we've got another journey in front of us. Um, so what Tristan basically says is, like the first world is basically the rules of reality just don't apply. It is full of completely impossible things. It would draw no surprise to him whatsoever to open a door and find a river on the other side of it inside the house. Okay. That he would find that perfectly normal for the first world. Well... Then the next question uh, is, who's going in with me, given that I can only take two of you? And for this, Brynn got to decide whether she wanted to face Uravetti or not, because he was family. Tristram, is this a fight you want in on, or out of? Uh, what a question. Some part of me feels like I should be there at the end of all things to 
helps you make the right choice. But then, I trust you. I'm not half the warrior you are. But I do have a few tricks up my sleeve. I certainly, I know more about the first world, about, I don't know quite what you'll run into. But I may be able to identify it if I can see it, study it, smell it, sense it, feel the magic song weave through the air. And that's pretty much what he's got to say on it. So he is not advocating a terribly strong case for or against. Um, he wants to, he kind of wants to be in there so that he can be, um, there at the moment you decide what you're going to do with Titania. On the other hand, ultimately he has to trust you on that one anyway yeah. because he cannot stand over your shoulder and force your hand and make the decision for you regardless, and he does trust you. Yeah. So you are not getting a strong opinion for or against from him. All right. Well, if you know strong inclination against it and that the house is as strange as you say, I'd ap- appreciate having you along. I'll always be there. Michaela, I was thinking to bring you along as well. It sounds like there'll be ghosts inside, and um, you have a hand for dealing to the undead. And uh, whatever will be facing um, your your magic and your steel would be, I, I think, of assistance. I appreciate that. Kevin, but I am not sure what I can bring to bear against the Danya that you cannot. We did not hear anything in our divinations of a great threat of ghosts. If Triss has told the truth and they are there, they are clearly insignificant compared to what else Titania has that stands between us and her. So, um... Basically, Tristan is not making a strong case for or against. Yeah. um, Other than what he's useful at and what he isn't. Um, But he does have a lot of knowledge about the Fae, which would probably actually be pretty relevant here. We don't really want to be looking at the... Like, we were pretty baffled without him, you know, with all the crystal noises and stuff, and this is going to be the most important stuff. We really do kind of need to know. Michaela is thinking maybe her skills aren't the most useful? Uh, it's She's stopping at, at um, climb a mountain, climb a tree, stop a river, use the key. Uh, I have no particular gift for any of these things. Like, there's was... no compelling reason that she's better than anyone else at climbing mountains and stopping rivers and blah, 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 blah. I, I was thinking stopping the river in terms of like clerical magic, water control and stuff like that. Uh, I think you might be seriously underestimating the power of her clerical magic. Ah, right. It's, it's, she's not exactly Corwin. Alright. No, well, the thing is, Corwin at this point has 8th level water domain spells. Yeah. Um, what old Michaela is bringing to the table is um, her... Mighty two fourth level spells a day. Alright. Alright. Well, I'll take you at your word on that. In that case, um... Well, I don't know anyone better at climbing, and Kaelin glances over at Bryn. Uh, she has the 
exceptionally terrible, could have the exceptionally terrible fourth level spell of control water, which, um, as we know from experience, works very poorly if the, if you have more than a relatively small amount of water. Ah, uh, yes, it's, it's not the, um, alright. Okay, so at that point I'm proposing Bryn and Tristan. Yeah, I mean, she could do something with that. It's not amazing, but, but she's got it. Yeah. Um, Bryn says, hmm. I know nothing about how to stop a river, but I certainly know how to climb a tree and a mountain and how to swim, for that matter. I figure these sound like physical challenges, and that's that's what you're best at. None of us really know how we're going to fight Titania, but you couldn't really hurt the Wriggling Man, and you still gave him a very tough time. I'll point out fighting Titania was not the question you asked, per yeah, se. It, it was, was what's the biggest threat in the yeah, house but, but, but the time. I asked it that way because I didn't know what, yeah. you know, it, 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 I was expecting. Yeah, and you could have gotten back a um, giant bird with wriggly eyes. Yeah. Gaze attacks to blind the skies. Yeah. Alright, so that's my proposed team then, as I'm thinking of taking um, Bruno and Tristram in. Um... So, at that point, um, that being the case, um, and he glances over at Svetlana, I would like to call upon you to get us a few more supplies. Um, running, I've been um, using the stuff I brought in with me fairly profitably to survive thus far, and I'd like everyone who's going in to have a few extras up their sleeve. I'll make you a list. <laughs> if you could just uh, go... S- Go see Rossi's shop and Alex Rest and, you know, come back. I quite understand. Mm-hmm. So in terms of um, what the various people have got to bring to the party, yeah. Um, once you go in, this is probably it. Yeah, yeah, that's Other what I figured. That I'm, doing my, I'm doing my, um, I'm shopping from the basic potions guy before the final battle. Um Tristan has the high knowledge to just go, I understand what we're looking at. It's this thing, this is how it works. Yeah, that's... This, this is the GM giving you tactics based on what you know yeah. of your PCs. Uh, what he doesn't have is any sort of... He's not a terribly impressive combatant. Um, his saves in particular are the lowest in the party. Yeah. And given that Titania has mastery of various different magics, that yeah. will undoubtedly be a concern. Um, so he's probably the most helpful from the point of view of I can tell you how weird extra-dimensional fey thing works and probably the least useful in terms of actually fighting. Yeah. Um, Bryn, on the other hand, is almost certainly the most useless at how do I do this thing. Yeah. You know, if it isn't physical, she's she can't do it. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, she's excellent saves and... Um, Mage killing across the board. Yeah. Um, Svetlana probably falls somewhere in the middle of the two. She has a bunch of fascinating utility spells. Although Tristan has some bizarre utility spells yeah. as well. Um, and outright damage versus things. Yeah. Um, and Michaela has the has the most healing. Yeah. By a substantive margin. And also pretty damn good saves across the board. Albeit, um, 
depending on how Tanya, Titania's protected, um, she's easily the worst one in the party at actually hitting things physically. Yeah. Because she's reliant on her um, bluffing and bringing their AC down and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, she's got uh, several utility tricks and a bunch of social skills, which might or might not be of any use to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't have a particularly strong dog in this fight. There's no one who, as a character, is pressing forward and saying, I'll do the thing. I'm super keen on doing the thing. Yeah. So it's very much up to you as a player. I'm going to... Um, so I'm saying um, Tristan to figure out the weird face stuff and yep. Bryn to surmount the physical challenges. Yep. Bryn, and, Bryn can help me fight Titania and Tristram can buff and heal and um, shoot arrows at things. It, um, he's been pretty effective thus far, despite um, not being much of a physical combatant. Yeah. I know that I didn't bring him in against the Wriggling Man, because that was fairly brutal, and, you know, Swetlana was a bit of a match for it, and she's frankly a lot tougher in that kind of fight than he is. But um, I think um, he's the right choice. I want him along so that we can solve these puzzles, as opposed to staring cluelessly at each Whatever puzzles there are, we can solve them, as opposed to staring cluelessly at each other. Uh, if you want more information on that um, divination, uh, then you are welcome to um, ask more queries or roll intelligence checks or what have you. No, that's okay. I, I feel like that, I feel like it'll make more sense once I get in there. So, what I want to buy, what I want to send Svetlana to buy, yep, um, is a po- another potion and a plus thirty resist cold and electricity for Kaelin because yep. those were really useful. Yep. Um, I want um, Tristram and Bryn to go in with a potion of, resi- of d- bark skin each in case they want more AC. Yep. If Bryn's still got the one I bought her for the Jabberwocky. Uh, uh, no, she used she that. She scaled it. Cool. So I'd like to buy each of them one of those. Yep. And Caelan wants to buy a potion of resist paralysis just in case someone's depending on him to remove people's paralysis. Because um, he doesn't have that capacity. Fair. And um, there's plenty of money in the party fund if anyone wants more things, but I've still got a fair amount of um, healing potions and the like. So these guys have both got some lesser restorations already. Cool. As do I. Um, they're picking up a bunch of cure serious potions. Good for them. They're the best ones you can get. Yep. Um... And uh, your party fund is just enormous at this point, isn't it? I have a hundred thousand GP in yeah, it. Yeah, cool. So we probably don't desperately have to worry about um, tracking what you're spending so much as just buying the things. Yeah, I'm. Um, I've been noting down the costs on general principles, but not because I expect it to be relevant. Yeah, so Tristan's going to buy a couple of scrolls of Cure Critical. Good for him because he can. Yep. Uh, because he can actually cast them. Yeah. Um, Brood, of course, there's very little point in doing so because she can't cast them anyway. Yeah, yeah. She, like, Kaylin is down to the um, uh, potions, the potions, which is a much more limited field. Um, if you want um, rings of athletes and that sort of thing, they're um, potentially in existence as well. I don't think I'll worry about treasure items. This was more just restocking our consumables. Cool. Uh, 
there's there's several interesting scrolls that could be taken there. And in theory, um, Michaela could pack a bunch of clerical sp- scrolls because she could cast them. Yeah. And for that matter, a bunch of wizard ones she can cast as well. Yeah. Actually, I will but, um, um, look into one. I'm going to buy some elixirs. I'm going to buy everyone an elixir of climbing and an elixir of swimming. Sure. Just on the basis that um, that's a free bonus. Uh, don't bother for Bryn. Oh, yeah, because she's already got the buff. Alright, just for me and Tristram then. I believe they do elixirs of climbing. Uh, elixir of swimming is plus 10 to swim for an hour. Yeah. Ah, you know, there isn't an elixir. So, I buy us both elixirs of swimming. Sure. And yet, there's no point in buying one for Brick, who really the athlete does the same, but better. Yep. And, um, we'll solve the climbing problem the um, traditional way Kale and Tristram do, which is that, um... Flight, magical flying horses. Well, actually, this is, that is a um, more recent solution. Traditionally, um, more traditionally, um, Kale and climb things and then lowered a rope to Tristram. Yeah. I'm also restocking on rope because I left a few of them tied to the tree, but I don't figure I need to note that because no. that just kind of comes with the king thing. Quite certainly not. So yes, at this level, Sweet Lana can literally teleport into um, just a Rossi's yes. magic shop, or indeed, actually, probably from the classic the Olex Trailing Training Post, yeah. a place you're certainly familiar enough with. Like one of these, one of these, one of these. Yeah, place a couple of orders, and then a couple of hours later, teleport back out. Yep. Because I figured, you know, this being the final battle, we take a de- we take an extra day and do some extra preparations, and then I think the following day we hit it. I will just check my fighter feet. I think I'm actually pretty happy with saying we'll continue to not have horses. Actually, no, I've got one of Tristram's magical ones. No, I will swap out Blindsight back for the um, Spirited Charge. Do you want um, uh, divinations and things on Titania? Uh, uh, you've got legend laws and divinations are your two options broadly available to you, and in theory communes if you um, want to get them. Like, you're losing time doing that, but it's largely meaningless to you. Like, if it takes you two days or three days to prep instead of one day, very little is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to, um, I don't want to hold up the story too much. The, um, I, I figured on one divination as um, not being too too much of a slowdown. I don't have any problem with it, sweetheart. But do as you please. Oh, okay. Uh, legend law will be the couple of days one. Um, divination is several minutes. Cool. Um, All right. You you um, have you have plentifully detailed information on Titania. Meaning you will probably get quite specific information, but it'll take you a d10 days to cast the legend law because she's not here. Yeah. And you can't go whistle her off. Yeah. I think we'll just have the divination at that point. Alan is not eager to spend that long. So, um... How do we best combat Titania kind of thing? Um, yeah, what's the, um... 
what are her weaknesses? I guess how can we um, how can we most effectively fight her? Okay, got one for you. Yep. Uh, how can we best combat Titania? Yep. Uh, against her sight is not your friend. Many deadly spells risk sudden end. In one spells of land and those arcane, yet staggered is she by the fable's chain. Huh. In one spells of land and those arcane. Yes, I, I desire such. Yeah, so. Tristan says, Interesting. Well, let us think about that. Uh, many deadly spells risk sudden end. Tells us about what we are expecting. She's, um, guarded against magics. That's what that means, isn't it? Uh, no, actually, that's not what I'm, um, Possibly I'm following the wrong thing entirely there. I thought I thought it was saying that she had spell resistance, that spells don't work against very well against her. Wouldn't be part of that. Possibly. That works better for you. Against her sight is not your friend. Her deadly spells risk sudden end. Ah, right. Ah, yes, I see. She may have any number, any variety of arcane, of powers and spells at her disposal, any number of options available to her. The good news is that what we've done to the fable has clearly staggered her. We are not fighting something beyond us. If Titania is made mortal by the swords, then she can be beaten. Her control over reality at this point is substantively limited. It will be difficult, but the sort of thing we can face, i.e. the vast majority of the powers she has are actual spells as opposed to arbitrary plot powers. Cool. Alright, so it's like fighting an incredibly powerful spellcaster. Correct. Uh, for whom uh, in one spells of land and those arcane. Uh, what does spells of land mean? Um, types of spells that she can cast. Right. I, 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 I don't understand what that sentence means at all. I'm happy to make an intelligence check, but... Well, you want to deploy Tristan to make a bunch of checks for things? Yes, please. Oh, well, there are different manners of spells that you can muster that will do all kinds of different things. There is my own bardic magic, uh, the magic of the arcane, what Svetlana has flowing through her veins, what wizards can muster. There is divine magic, there is primal magic, that of the druid, that of the land. So her magic is like druid's magic, it's of the land, but she also has arcane fey powers, like possibly like you can muster. Possibly, yes. 
Of course, yeah. Now I understand those, that. There are those who can master both who can master both disciplines simultaneously. The urges. Oh, marvelous! Well, yes, she's a part druid mystic theurge. Of course, she is. Still, that's very like what our um, wormy friend could bring to the table. Vast quantities of really powerful magic. That's very dangerous, but. Uh, we did we did beat him. We can potentially beat her. Yeah, so what this is trying to tell you is that the scope of stuff that she can throw at you is not particularly um, themed or limited to anything. Yeah. It's not, say, this is the electricity monster, prepare to resist electricity and all this sort of thing. Yeah. It, she literally has just dozens of different spells at her disposal that yeah. cover the watershed of different things she can do. Yeah. Um, Staggered She by the Fable's Chain is you've already achieved an effect, albeit you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, that you have already crippled her in combat slightly by what you have done to the Fable. Cool. Alright, that's some um, useful information. I feel like we're on the right general track with this. Um, what I'm going to propose as a result of this information is that Kayla's recommendation for fighting really powerful spellcasters, particularly of the druidic or arcane variety, yeah. is um, potions of resist yeah. um, energy. If um, It's a bit of a guessing game as to what element, yeah. but um, he's, got, he's covered lightning, um, cold, and fire to an extent. And um, if Tristram or Bryn want to get in on any of those, he can recommend it as a strategy. Fair. They would be happy to take a 30 of each. Yep. And then there is the first um, line in there as well. Against her sight is not your friend. Um, And Catelyn will ask Tristram, does that mean she can make herself... Possibly invisible or illus- provide illusions? Uh, quite certainly, I would wager. Those are very common tricks of the Fae. C- can we... Do we have any capacity to see through them? Illusory... Ill- illusions in the ilk of mirror images and that sort of thing can be defeated by simply closing your eyes. Of course, then you have to continue with your eyes shut. Uh... Invisibility invisibility has similar problems. We have methods of Bryn can smell her. In theory, anyway. I won't be able to see her, but... Uh, uh, sorry, I will be able to see her, because I have seen invisibility. That's what I wanted to know. Bryn and Svetlana... I don't believe it comes in potion format. No, it does not, I checked. Um... Bryn and Svetlana between them boxed the wriggling man with Svetlana being able to see him when he was invisible and Bryn's ability to track him by scent. If the two of you can do the same thing, that's what I wanted to know. If we're relying solely on Bryn, it makes it a little difficult for the rest of us. The illusions will just have to deal... Other illusions will just have to deal with as they come up, I think. Alright. So, we purchase another um, 10,000 or so GP of potions. Yeah. And um, feel like we've got as good a plan as we're getting. 
I'll hang on to this as a useful point of reference. I'm not, um, I'm not trying to be terribly obscure here. I'm just, um, not sure how far to clarify that. Um, the deadly spells thing is just, she's got a wide variety yeah, of yeah. different stuff. You, you cannot possibly, um, be ready for everything or counter everything. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think we can, but clearly I'm missing something that you think is important. Do you want, like, me to make an intelligence or a wisdom check to pick up on something I'm missing? Sure. Uh, into wisdom. That's a good question. It's probably wisdom. Cool. 31. Yeah. So, um, you went up against the wriggling man, prepared in one fashion for invisibility? Yes. And then you were doing a different thing this time. How are we doing a different thing this time? Uh, did you not change blind fight out? Oh, right, yes, yes. Yes, that is very true. So what I will probably do based on that is change blind fight back in. I was thinking about that because um, that gives me the capacity to um, fight invisible things more effectively. Cool. That's that's what I'm waving my arms at. Yep. All good. I have changed it back in. Um, as for the staggered by the fable thing... Um, you're already done. There's yeah. nothing more or less. No, no, I feel that. given that um, I, I feel like I now have a handle on what all of those lines mean. Yeah. Um, you already have um, the swords just been in her presence renders her mortal. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to do anything with them. You don't necessarily even have to fight with them. Yeah. And other people will be able to land blows on her perfectly effectively. Yeah. Um, so this is, Titania is, or at least will be, something that you can actually fight as opposed to a goddess that is just beyond your power to touch. Yep. Cool. At which point I think we're ready to go in. Sure, sure. Okay, so... Uh, Svetlana's going off to get things. Yep. Um, so we spent a day resting after de- leaving, defeating the wriggling man, leaving the fable and resting. Yeah. And then we spent another day casting divination spells and sending Svetlana to retrieve us a wide variety of very expensive bottles. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and rested that day, effectively rested that day as well. Yep. And then the next day, yep. we're going in. So I would presume that you're keeping watch here. Yeah. Because that um, it makes a oh, certain Lord, amount yes. of basic logical sense. Yeah. And probably sleeping in Tristan's... Um... What kind of house can Tristan conjure for us now? Uh, he's got the... The sturdy house? The cottage. Cottage, yep. The secure shelter. Secure shelter, which is a nice sturdy cottage. So yes. yes, we are indeed, we have indeed constructed it, magically constructed a nice sturdy cottage with alarm doors and are sleeping in that with someone and just taking watches, which is actually really refreshing because we're used to only having two of us out here and we've got four of us out here. Alright, so, um, 
at some point in this, um, probably before you actually bed down for the evening, yeah, um, Michaela will want to take you aside. Yep. Um, and she comes to you and says quiet, as, as you're more or less just kind of sitting vaguely tense around the hut, like just kind of yeah, yeah. waiting for things to happen. No, it's I, I sort of imagine everybody is loosely poking in a book or playing cards or crafting jewellery or whatever as they're doing, but just in a very kind of tense, distracted fashion. Kaelin's going to be um, polishing his, um, tending to his gear, and I think at this point he's... Um, buffing his magic bastard swords, which kind of, I think, because they're magic swords, say sharp on their own and don't necessarily need preventative yep. weapon maintenance, but nonetheless. <laughs> Can always help. Yeah. So he's um he's got the three swords out in front of him and is just um yeah, buffing Bruno, one Bruno's of them. Bruno's basically in the corner effectively shadow boxing and stretching. Um, Tristan is singing very quietly under his breath to himself. Svetlana is in prayer. Yeah. Um, and Michaela is just kind of sitting, thinking, her eyes half-lidded. Although um, it's possible this is a form of prayer, because yeah. you don't see it. She's certainly not the hands-on, yeah. on her knees, hands-to-heaven style of thing. Um, and she looks like she is deep in thought and has been for a while, and then suddenly seems to come to some conclusion comes to her feet and comes to you and say, Kaylin, I have something to say. This is in a very sort of side, quiet conversation. And I'm not sure it can wait. And um, Kaylin will nod in a slightly concerned fashion, scoops all the three swords up, and they immediately merge into matchless sentinel, which yep. he sheath. All right, come on. We have a quiet word, she says, it gestures sort of outside yep. to the woods. Yep, so Galen will just go outside with her. And she will pick her way off the beaten path into Thousand Breaths, sort of 200 odd metres from the hut, enough yep. that you'd be reasonably confident of getting back again. Yeah, well, it's got lighted windows. I mean, Galen's yep. not exactly equal to Bryn in the woods, but he can pretty much find a hut from, with um, lighted windows 200 metres away. And. She leans in very close towards you. She says, I wouldn't bring this up. I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but the more I think about it, the more I think we may not, you all may not be coming back, and there's something you need to know in case you die tomorrow in case something happens here, in case we die tomorrow. It's time for me to tell you. A few weeks, a few months ago now, four weeks or so after the uh, incident with the Nightmare Rook and the Nightmares, I took some moon radishes and I thought about you. I'm carrying your baby. <laughs> the look on your face, she says, and her voice changes entirely. <laughs> and you now hear a lighter, more familiar voice coming out from her that is not her own, and her eyes look blank and distant. <laughs> And she oh. starts in a very un michaela like fashion, cracking up and sort of slapping her knee. Hello, Puck. 
Galen said in a, says in a distinctly unamused sort of tone. Oh, I can see what she saw in you. You're dim, but so cute. <laughs> and Michaela chucks your cheek. Yeah. Uh, and I fall for it every time. I kind of assume that, uh, hilarious as I can be, that you actually have something you want to tell me? Oh, no, no. Absolutely not. Big Daddy Oberon says we can't meddle with this any more that it's a mortal affair. So I'm not, I'm, I'm barely even here. I certainly didn't see you. But if a, a faithful and favoured follower of mine, and Michaela gestures up and down to herself in a very flamboyant and totally un-Michaela-like fashion, prays for aid directly. I can hardly say no, can I? That'd be against your whole job. So you know now, and it's good to see you doing your research, that you're not going up against a goddess tomorrow. You're going up that which remains. Oh. Plus, everything else you've put into it. And of course, we older Fae still have a few tricks. And Puck hesitates, and for something that is presumably very rare for her, seems to struggle for her words mm-hmm. to think about what she's going to say. And she's, Let me try and put this in terms you'll understand so you're not too surprised. She's the queen of forgotten time. An old time, a time long, long, long past before anyone in your family was even a glimmer in the eye of the universe. And she carries the power of her land and the will of her people behind her. But you... Dunk and taps you <laughs> on the middle of your head about where your crown would be, except that you're not wearing it at this point. You, my dear fellow, are the king of Stagthorn. And that means it's your land, and it's your people too, as much as it is hers. And you carry them behind you too. I? It'll make sense eventually. It'll be very grandiose. You know, the king is... If I said the king is the land, you'd at least understand that much, wouldn't you? I. It's what gives you the will to resist her in the first place, but it gives you so much more than... I really don't want to spoil it, but like I say, not here, can't offer you much, just here to do Michaela a favour, something that she's always been, always had in the back of her mind, less so now, she says, and puts on a very un-Michaela-like fake thinky face, but just one more little gift beckons you. Kellen rolls his eyes, but steps forward anyway. Closer. Three's the magic number. So I would say about a trio of them. Yeah, a trio of three breaths worth. And Michaela suddenly grabs you by the shirt, pulls you in, and plants a kiss on you. Three of them. They're not actually terribly amazing, because among other things, as she does them, she is quite deliberately breathing into your mouth. And she... Does it very, somewhere between a kiss and CPR, she does three kisses against you. Um, and then on the third one, starts to lean into it a bit, and then suddenly sort of stiffens and pulls back and pushes you back a step, 
And you see Michaela again behind her own eyes. Her eyes have ceased to glaze over. She is looking round and she reaches up, touches her lip with her hand for a moment, um, and then, if anything, looks just very vaguely, slightly smugly satisfied. Huh. I'm sure that was completely necessary. I am sure it was. <clears throat> because Kalen made no effort to fight that. Yeah. Which he easily could have. Yeah. He, he's kind of going along with it. He's vaguely annoyed, it has to be said, because he feels like Puck is trolling him. Yes, Puck is indeed trolling you. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is sort of the point. He starts with your dim, but she starts with your dim, but cute. Yeah, but Kalen doesn't even hear insults to his intelligence anymore. He's pretty accustomed to them. <laughs> but Puck is pretty, is pretty trolly. The moon radishes thing was certainly the, the look on your face as a player was great, but you're just like, what the f- the fuck? <laughs> The fuck is this? <laughs> um, in any case, um, Michaela, when she is herself, actually, as I say, looks kind of vaguely, smugly satisfied at this. Like, oh, cool. Well, you know, dang it, I had to make out with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, this is terrible. Um, so, she is aware of what has passed here. Yeah. Um, and. She, she says she was indeed. I was thinking about what comes tomorrow. Praying to the Lady of Seven Veils for her aid. I guess here at the gateway to the First World, but close enough that I got an answer from an aspect of her. Aye. Now, all that was very annoying, which is the usual usual experience. She shrugged slightly. Mm. But uh, it usually... It's usually actually helpful in some way you don't quite follow until it's too late as well. Like all good mysteries, they only make sense when you know the answer. Do you have any conception of what that was about? None whatsoever. I was praying... I was praying for aid to be able to help you, be able to do something. I imagine Svetlana, to some extent, feels the same way. Sitting here helpless, we can't get in to aid you. But... That, those three kisses, those three breaths, a trio of three breaths, it'll presumably be worth something to you somewhere. I, I think, uh, if I followed this, what Puck was saying was, I am taking you in with me. You two, Kaelin will glance back, um, through thousand breaths in the direction of Stagthorn. All of them. Everyone. You are our king. This is this is our land. And Caitlin will look down, then up and then around. This is our land. I trust you. We trust you, your people trust you to lead Stagthorn to what's best. Not everyone will ever agree with every decision you make. <laughs> ever. On any decision. Ever. <laughs> But Stagthorn stands behind its king. Hi. And if I understand Tristan correctly, that's worth a lot more than just a metaphor. Hi, I, I know it. On, on some level, it's like I'm always, always fighting these days, always holding the line. I can feel the power pushing against me. 
but I think I'm going to understand it in a whole new way after I do this. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Galen will clap her on the shoulder for everything. Your Majesty, my king. Galen. And yeah, that's about that. Cool. Um, and Caitlin just assumes it'll all make sense at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're, you're pretty confident the first part was just complete and absolute trolling, as opposed to a deep... Um, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I recognise that part was just trolling. Um, um, and basically, Michaela tells you the last thing she has um, any recollection of being in possession of herself. She saw, saw felt, and experienced the whole thing, just right uh, behind your eyes, and didn't find it a particularly unpleasant experience. Indeed, yeah. It was quite fun. Yeah. Um, but basically, she sat down in the hut, thought about what was happening, tried to think through all the permutations, prayed for aid, and then from that point on, steps out of her body and gets gets possessed by Park. Yeah. Um, which she just allows willingly, in exactly yeah. the same way if Aristotle came down and said, I'm, I'm going to possess you and do this. Yeah, yeah, I would go along with that, absolutely. Um, so... But Aristotle, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough, <laughs> would be less annoying about whatever it was he wanted to do. So from the first moment she came up to you in the hut and said, I have to talk to you about yeah. a really serious matter, it's not her. Yeah, yeah. But the good news is it's Puck, because um, if anyone um, had somehow possessed this Kayla and was trying to ambush me, it would absolutely work. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad it was Puck, because that's really a much better option yeah, than yeah. certain alternatives. Puck is above such low games as backstabbing you. It's much more fun to play with you. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, like, the parable was an incredibly annoying experience, from really from start to finish. But at the end of the day, we got a magic sword which will enable us to, um, compared with the other two, defeat Titania and a lot of really useful information. You know, Pike was actually helping us. Just in a very Puck way. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep, so, um, and then the night passes uneventfully? Then the night passes, um, uneventfully, the... The forest seems somewhat disturbed, like yeah. the environment has changed drastically as a bunch of external environments have been jammed down in the middle of it. There are weird noises, disturbed animals, that kind of thing. Nothing that's going to remotely register on your CR-16 radar. Oh, cool. So in the morning, Kalen gets up, gets um, someone to help him into his... Um, gets Brent to help him into his plate. Yep. Um, uh, you know, works out and limbers up and the like. And kits up with all his gear and armor and weapons and his usual clanky self, and um, digs his crown out of his backpack and it's a little um, like I imagine it's wrapped in some velvet in yep. a sealed box so it stays safe, but yep. he usually doesn't wear it on the road. Digs it out and puts it on. Yep. And with it, it seems almost weightier than usual. It's it's usually a metaphorical weight rather than a yeah. physical weight. Here you put it on and damned if it doesn't actually feel heavier on your head. Like yeah. the weight of being king is wearing you down somewhat here. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, this probably doesn't matter to Caitlin overly much, but for you as a player, um, given that Bryn's had two days to sit around here with her thumb up her nose, she's gone loping off into the woods for miles um, and has indeed confirmed exactly what you think, that the stuff that's fallen out of the fable has fallen into reality here. Um, 
and you've now got a waterfall that is attached to the river that runs through a thousand breaths that has a pixie hole. Yeah, so in, I will in the back of it with some slightly disturbed and discommodated pixies who complain about the broken, you know, eggs and furniture, but yeah. are perfectly fine. Yeah, so um, I will have um, because I've got two days in which I'm not doing very much either. I will have gone and checked on the little pixies yeah. based on Brit's directions and confirmed that they are okay and given them a little bit of information about you know. The material about Galarian and the fact that they can all be citizens of the kingdom up north and, you know, checking that they're alright and stuff. Because there's no one really else except for the weird swans that actually lives in any of those places to my knowledge. They're just kind of like the misbegotten trolls lair is empty of troll. Yeah. Um, there's several things I'd like to tend to, like I'd like to do something with the memorial garden other than just let it continue to um, get all moss covered and yep. stuff, but those are problems for a later time. Yep, very much so. So, well, I've briefly checked in the pixies, but, you know, this is one of the most fey, creepy, magical woods in the whole um, in the whole of the kingdom. Yeah. So it's actually a relatively good pixie environment. Also, other than the actual physical dislocation, they don't seem to find it all that troubling that suddenly they're in a different forest and there are a bunch of trees around them that are different and all that sort of thing. But that's just... Well, reality changes. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is life in the first world. Yeah. All good. So, yes. And, um, you know, we get up Trist- uh, Tristram. Um, what do bards do to get spells? Uh, the same thing sorcerers do. They need to spend 15 minutes um, thinking about it, tuning their instruments, etc., etc., et So I imagine he's sort of communing with the first yeah, world, in, which in must Trist- be very easy to do here. Yeah, in Tristan's case, I imagine he's almost literally going to go hug a tree. Yeah. Uh, Bryn, Bryn and I work out in our extremely different ways. Because his magic is not nature-based. It is based off the... It is fey magic. But he draws it from the land. Yeah. I imagine it's different for each one. Like mm. Svetlana would spend 15 minutes in prayer to yeah. get her spells because she believes that they're gifts given to her by Aristotle. Yeah. Um. Alright. Hey, we'll nod to Svetlana and Michaela. Take care of yourselves. I trust you to do the right thing. But I imagine we will be... At this point... I believe that we will come back. I believe that we'll get through this. We will be right here when you return. And if the worst happens and you do not, we will do whatever we need to do to keep Stagthorn safe. Your kingdom will go on without you. Aye, I know. Look after the boys. Always. All right. One more time. And Carolyn walks up. And Carolyn walks up to the archway. For my will is as strong as yours, and my kingdom is as great. You have no power over me. And with that, you feel the crown settle on your head, heavy again. Now a physical weight. This is not going to physically hamper or trouble Carolyn yeah. in any way, but you can feel it like. The sort of one pound crown of metal on your head is now weighing 20 times that. Yeah. And when you push your will against Titania's and you step through the gate, um, what you will observe that is different from before is two things. One thing when you step through, 
The house at the edge of time is here. It is 200 meters down the road from this archway. You can see it pretty clearly. Um, the second of which is when you step through, there are things wrapped around you now that look vaguely like vines, built in sort of links like chains, and they head back towards the archway. They are totally ethereal. They weigh nothing. Your hands pass through them, yet they are wrapped all around your arms, your back, your waist, your feet, and your neck. They cause you no discomfort or pain, and soon as once you stop looking at them, they are largely unnoticeable. Yeah. And Tristan steps through a moment after you, followed by Bryn. They have the same. All right. I know this isn't what we wanted to be doing. But it's what we need to do. For Kestrucio and Cassiopeia. For everyone who's fought this war and not known it. And for all the people we've left behind us. We have to stop this once and for all. We're the people best equipped to do the job. For my mother... And for the father I didn't have. For a piece that we choose, says Tristan. Aye. And Kayla will smile at him. And because it's the best thing for everyone. Even her. Okay. So he is going to... Just probably already done this back at the camp. Um, Conjure you and him with a couple of phantom horses. Yep. And um, not you know we will be on them while we can be on them, even though it's only two hundred miles down, two hundred meters down the road. Yeah. And um, we have. Um, He's and, offered them to Bryn, and Bryn's just gone. No, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and we have. Um, uh, Kaelin's um, sword is in matchless is matchless sentinel, the one with the ghost touch in case he does run into ghosts. Yep. And also the one that gives him blindsight. Who? Okay, yeah, Tristan's fucking amazing. You should totally bring him for this. I hadn't realised he's got great dispel magic. Oh, yeah, that'll be fat. That'll be he's, nice. He's got he's got greater dispel and dispel. Sweet. So um. <laughs> yep. He's he's a good um, caster fighter. Yep. Good. And to be honest, you know, making him um. Buffing me, making himself invisible, riding 200 meters away and then healing me is, um, healing me and then riding 200 meters away while invisible has, um, proved a shockingly effective tactic. Yeah, you know. I've really enjoyed his hit and run magic horsing. Yeah. Certainly Phantom Steve's just a, a pretty balls amazing spell. Yeah. Okay. So, the house at the edge of time, as you ride up towards it, um, there is, a lake around it it is on its own little island in the middle with a thick, heavy, beautifully made stone bridge leading up to the front gatehouse. Um, It looks as much like a castle as a house. It is basically a small castle. There must be at least 20 20 to 40 rooms in there, depending on the size. Although, as Tristan has said, he would would have no trouble believing it's bigger on the inside and there's a volcano in one of the rooms. Yeah. Um, And 
as you go near to it, nothing happens. There are no challenges to you, nothing coming out to fight or slay you. The house remains fairly quiet, although Bryn can definitely hear there's something happening in there. People, voices, noises. Can't make it out, but it's occupied. Well, what about I ride forward and you two hang back in case it's a trap? You can both get to me very quickly if it is, and if I set something off, that way only I'll be caught in it. Makes sense. And um, Caleb will ride forward up, basically over the bridge and up to the door. Yep. And see if anything happens. So there is basically a little gatehouse up front of here. Nothing unusual about this except that the portcullis is made of wood instead of metal, which, Faye, doesn't yeah. terribly surprise you. Um, the outer walls are kind of overgrown in vines and that sort of thing. It reminds you a lot of a disused manor house, the sort of thing that you have seen when nobles no longer have the money to keep it up. You run into bits of this mm. in your various kingships and um, working with elders and that sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, as you get close and have a look at it, the same thing you concluded last time, it is made of architecture of totally different time periods, just jammed together disparately. Yep. Some of it is modern-day Stagthorn. Some of it is ancient elven, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Um, nothing challenges you. Nothing occurs. The portcullis is lowered, but that's about it. So, um, Kaelin is going to have a look at the easiest way to surmount the um, surmount this. Can I just can I just make a strength check and lift it up? Yeah, you, it's like, it's a proper defense, you know, you'd need to hack through it or lift it or raise it or climb around it or fly over or something in that yeah. neighborhood. Actually, come to that, we've got the magic flying horses. Yeah. We can just fly over it. Yeah. So, Kaelin will have a try just flying his magic horse over it because Bryn can probably jump it at Bryn this point. Bryn can indeed jump it. Yeah. Fairly trivially. Um, so, is your plan to sneak around the house here? You're, you're trying to go quietly and that sort of thing? Uh, I'm not sure I was. I mean, we have got Bryn, so we technically could. But I, I, I'm kind of looking for a fight. Yeah, it's fair. Mm-hmm. And everything about this sort of says to you, this is a beautiful noble manor house. It's not designed to be defended per se, but most noble manors have gatehouses and defences and guards and all that sort of thing. And the, the bones of it are here. Just nothing to go with it. You ride over the top, and no guard challenges you. The house remains quite quiet. I ride up to the front door and see if anything occurs at that point. Yeah. You ride across a nice courtyard covered in thick grass. Um, There are several towering oak trees in here in the courtyard, and this is the first thing you notice, is when you get in and look up, the oak trees are substantively taller than the house, in a way that they didn't remotely look like from the outside. Yeah. However, in this place, that's not going to trouble you over much. And then there is a large set of double front doors, beautiful and wooden, carved in ancient symbols. Um beautiful little filigree carvings all throughout the wood. 
Metal has been used in the house, but as little of it as you could possibly get, you're wagering. Yeah. You, you actually need cold iron specifically mm. as opposed to just metal. Yeah. But it looks like this house has been built from as many natural materials as possible. Yeah. The doors are filigreed with a fine number of little friezes of elves and fey dancing happily, that kind of thing. Um, and written all over it in Sylvan is here lies the house at the edge of time. Be welcomed. So, Caelan, nothing having attacked him, will wave at Bryn and Tristram to come on up, at which point I imagine Tristram can gallop his flying horse Very over the so. fence and Bryn can just... Bryn sort of, fairly trivially rolls through it. Bryn can, you know, vault over it. Yeah, Tristram, among, the, among this point, has enough escape artists that he can go through the portcullis, if he so desires. yeah. Yeah, I mean, both of them could surmount this challenge in any number of ways, but you don't really yeah, need yeah. more than one. It's, it's so little an obstacle to you that I'm not really going to bother um, going heavily into it. As they get close, Caelan tries the door, because um, he wants to see if it just opens. You push on it. It is definitely shut. You turn the handle very slightly, and there is a click noise, and the door begins to move very slightly. It's um, closed, but it is not locked. Cool. Or barred or bolted in any fashion. And Caelan simply opens the door. You open the door. And now you can hear it too, now that you're close enough. There are voices in this house. Voices all round the place. Uh, can... Yeah, you've got blind sight and the ethereal sight and that up. Yeah. You? Okay. So... Oh, they've only got a range of 30 feet, though, so I can't see, like, yeah. ghosts a long way down a passage or anything like that. So 30 feet away from you, at the edge of your perception, something suddenly steps forward as if it is be- as if something has started walking towards you and once it crosses the threshold of your perception, you see it there. Um, what you can see is it looks elven, a very handsome man, dressed in kind of woodeny armour, um, stepping forward towards you with a smile. Sort of thing. Yep. Um, as you look at him, he's not quite an elf as you know them, but he's pretty damn close, like a distant ancestor, or something in that neighbourhood. Um, and he comes forward smiles at you, gives you a bow of greeting, and then silently moves around behind you and starts trying to sort of take your cloak and your crown and that sort of thing over to hang them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it. No, no, I'm keeping those. Yeah. Once you make any effort to resist this, the ghost does not push it. Yeah. Um, he merely smiles at you again, moves back, and stands waiting doesn't make any effort to engage you or talk to you. And Caelan will give him a polite greeting in Elven. He smiles at you again and nods his head and shows clear signs of recognition, but doesn't respond. And, um, Caelan will glance over his shoulder at Bryn and Tristram, Val coming in as well. Neither of whom can see this thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a ghost, there's an elven ghost here. Seems to want to take my, my, um, hat and things. I think he's a door guard. Oh, 
Very kind of him. Uh, servant of the house? I'd say so. Doesn't seem to speak, per se. If you've got any thoughts of what I can ask him. And he smiles at the three of them and nods and greets them as well. And Tristan says, says in Sylvan, you know, can you hear me? The ghostly guard nods at this. He can. Um, Do you know who we are? The guard gives a great smile at this, as if it is a very obvious question, um, and nods very, very politely but enthusiastically, as in, of course he knows who you are. Can you take us to the lady of the house? He gives a slightly regretful smile at that and puts his hand on his heart and shakes his head very much. Alas, no, I cannot. All right. Then we're going to go in and have a look about ourselves. Welcoming smile and his arms open up to either side. Thank you. And we will head into the, the main hallway sort of place and have a look around. So you make... You, as you bopple around the house a little bit, you will see several of these people. Um, they look mostly like elves. They are men and women both. They are almost to a T to a exceptionally bordering on supernaturally attractive. Yeah. Um, but they do not overly interfere with what you do, what you do, but they damn sure watch you. Yeah. Um, and as you move through the house, uh, can you make me a listen to? Kaelin gets a six. You hear voices that sound familiar to you in the next room. Bryn sort of puts her fingers up to stop you and says, I hear voices I know from in there. Your father. And you, she says, pointing at Tristan. She can hear Elders and Tristan having a conversation in the next room. Well, that sounds like something I want to take a look at. You open the door. And you are looking... For a moment, uh, give me a will save. Uh, 23. You are looking into what looks to you like an inn room. Um, solid but cheap. In fact, as you look at it, it looks eerily like a room from Old League's trading post. Um, and Eldis is standing in there, yelling at a cowed-looking Tristan, you're no son of mine, he calls to him. Tristan blinks, looks ashamed and worried at this. And then the two of them seem to blink, twitch slightly, reset, and they begin the conversation anew, and they start having a conversation about how Kaelin has, about how Tristan has given up his kingship to Kaelin. Yeah. Because it's Kaelin's dream and not his. Yeah. And Tristan watches this with a, a puzzled expression. This is exactly as I remember it. 
It's not the kind of conversation you forget easily. Aye. And Caelan will walk up and gently try and pass a hand through Eldus. Yep. Eldus ripples, ceases to exist. Oleg's trading room fades out. Um, and you now appear to be looking into a fairly fabulous-looking guest room with a gigantic sort of grizzly bear stuffed and mounted on a taxidermy stand on the wall. That's so strange. That... That was a vision of... my past. I wonder if there's other things in here. Memories. I perhaps she's connected to things that happened within the kingdom? Possibly. That was before the kingdom was really set up. That was after we'd defeated the Stag Lord. And well, after you took the ring, eh? Yes. We'd made our first points of contact with Narissa at the time. Well, you had. The would be Titania. Quite. <laughs> so perhaps did you have the ring on you when you had that conversation? I believe so, yes. So that's presumably how she knew. It wasn't the first thing on my mind, but yes, I'm fairly confident. Well, that explains it after a fashion, I suppose. All right. This just looks like a room. Let's keep looking around. We're looking... It would appear that we're looking for a mountain. Okay. And you will hear, uh, because Bren can pick these checks up with ease, she hears more voices that she knows. Um, we probably want to steer to another couple of these and see if we can determine any kind of pattern about what's going on here. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I'll just probably montage through a few yep. of these. Um, each room that you open shows you at first a different place at a different time. Um, one of the things that you see, and this probably doesn't terribly surprise you at the time, is Kaelin and Titania having a conversation about Vordekai. Yeah. Titania asks your permission to do what she must do to bring peace to the land, and you give it to her. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> in retrospect... Yeah, yeah. Um, there is another separate point where Kaelin is in contact with Tanya again, dealing with Javon. Another separate point again, you open the door on this one, and you are looking outside into an orc tribe, where there is a young child, no more than five, getting stoned. It's you. Yeah. Other bigger, stronger orcs around you are playing the game of Chuck Rocks at the Little Half Orc. Yeah. Um, and this memory absolutely predates Titania by endless years. Um, Kaelin just stands there for a moment. Actually kind of a long moment. And then very slowly moves over and brushes his hand through the big burly orcs and dismisses the illusion. 
Well, I can tell you one thing. I didn't have the amulet then. Then the memories. And, um, Kaelin, um, rubs it sort of a shoulder where, um, there's a scar. And, and yeah, I that, that happened. Then these aren't memories that Titania has of us. These are something we've brought him with us. Oh. So you mean whoever came in here, they'd be seeing these kind of things? I suppose if it's the house at the edge of time, it must carry all times in it. Time has no meaning here. I... I suppose so. Bren says, hmm. I hear a baby crying in the next one. Let's go have a look. You open it, and Kaelin is sitting there um, on his own bed in Castle Stag form with a child in your arms, rocking it back and forward, smiling in a vaguely, in a very vaguely sappy fashion down at, at her. This is not a baby you recognize. It is a girl child. She is actually, you know, a year old at this point, so tangibly female, as opposed to just born. But she ain't yours. Um, she's not Brandon and Micah. Um, and she isn't Rosemary Thorne either, Crystal's baby. Um, for starters, Crystal's baby is old enough at this point that you can sort of see they're not the same child. Mm. Kaelin will look thoughtfully at um, Does she look to be human? Uh, as you look at her, Kaelin in the vision, Kaelin out of time, the baby starts fussing and Kaelin sort of, there, there, picks her up, puts her over the shoulder, starts burping her. She gives a burp and her ears are pointed. She's a little heart felt. She has a little heart felt. A little half-elf girl. And Kaelin will smile a largely identical big sappy yeah, grin. Yeah, And Tristan steps in behind you. All times are here. Past, present, and future. Tristan steps into the room. All times are here. Past, present, and future. I... He looks around at himself, and the second Tristan who has walked in and delivered the same message disappears. Well, that's something worth fighting for, I think. Always wanted a girl. So, your pasts, your present, and your futures aspects of them are all here. Um, As you look at these patterns, though, you find a couple of things. You find... These things are just happening seemingly at random. They are mostly in rooms, but at times you will see yourself going down corridors. Um, literally a couple of seconds ahead of yourself. Yeah. These are different memories of Tristan. They are different memories of Kaylin. There are none of Bryn. 
that are not on the edge of Kaylin's perception. Bryn is occasionally in a scene with Kaylin. There is nothing from her in here. Um, and depending on how far you want to continue to poke, I, I suppose you're basically just poking around the house. Yeah, well, I mean, we're kind of looking for Titania, so yeah. we certainly spend a bit of time poking into this to find out what's going on, and because this is weird... You hear a big, dumb, gruff voice from behind one of the doors, and as you open it, you are looking into a cave, and there is a troll sitting there in a very fancy outfit. <sighs> I will be the greatest king of the land that there has ever been. You'll see, my queen. You'll see. I believe that you have power, says Titania, says Narissa, rather, to her Grolka. This is, this is kings. That's what this is. People who could have been kings. And in another room, there is a vaguely handsome man, young, looking out over, looking out through a window that looks out off the edge of a balcony, down on the kingdom of Pytax, the city of Pytax. He puts his hands behind his back. My father could never bring it about, but I will. We will drive the Wyverns off one day. All I want for this kingdom is peace. Castruzio remedies. Yes. Caleb winces a bit at that one. Another room. Castruccio Rabetti again, older, slightly more wild-eyed, speaking to first. Get them out of here, now. I don't have to tell you how important this is. There's a crash noise from outside, and he turns and draws blight. I'll handle this. And starts to move out of the scene, at which point it flickers, and the same thing starts replaying again. Um, so the connection here is these are people that Titania has dealt with. Yeah. Um, some of the memories are very vivid. Some of them are so faded and transparent, you can barely see what is happening. It is someone that sounds a bit like her talking to a faded shadow with almost no features whom you do not recognize any context for whatsoever. All the different people that have come and gone. You only ever see um, the the scenes from your own lives are the most prominent, your past, presents, and futures. The scenes from Hagrolkas and Castruccio Erebeti is the second strongest. Um, and then there are a bunch of dim and distant figures, and in some things you just have no context. You open it, and there's a woman crying, and you have no idea who she is, where she comes from. Yeah. Or why she's a dwarf. Yeah. And so through the house of forgotten time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sort of, initially we do quite a lot of looking, Yeah. and then we start speeding it up. And eventually we're just kind of opening the door, not to Tanya, closing the door and actively starting to make a bit more of a search, trying to work out where she is. Can you give me a knowledge architecture engineering check? Yes, I can. Uh, 33. I have trained all my life for this moment. Yeah. 
So, Kaylin is possibly getting fucked off at this point because it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, there are hallways that lead through the middle of bedrooms and then out the other side again. Yeah. Um, there are staircases that loop up and then when you get to the second floor, there are staircases that loop up again, despite the fact that the house only has two levels. Yeah. Um, it is a massive pain in the ass to try and find anything in here, simply because the, the logic doesn't work. But Kaylin is looking at it and going, okay, I have seen out from Larissa's bedroom. I have seen the windows. I know what the room looks like. I know what the inside of it looks like. I vaguely know what the outer side of it looks like. So then, it must be here, and you come to a room, and you realize at this point that you actually haven't followed so much your knowledge of engineering or your intuition as what you want it to be when you start focusing hard on finding Titania's room, you find it. So wait... You find yourself in front of a staircase and you go, this looks like the sort of thing that would lead up to the second floor master bedroom, and indeed it does. Yep. It did all along. It did all along. <laughs> a half a moment and a, a half a moment ahead of you, you see Kalen move to the door, raise his hand towards it, then disappear, flicker and reappear at the end of the corridor, where he walks through you and does the same thing again. <laughs> Flanked by Tristan and Bruce. This place could really do your head in if you stay here long enough. I don't envy Tris. Isn't it fascinating? Huh? So, there's Tanya's door. Galen walks up the stairs, flanked by Tristan and Bruce. Yep, indeed you do. <laughs> the horses moving quietly. I imagine people have probably gotten off them at this point, but yeah. you can trivially leave them behind you. Yeah. Um, they fly up the stairs. Yes, indeed they do. And you step forward towards the door, raise your hands to it, whether to knock or shatter it down, you are enti- not entirely certain, perhaps. Yeah. And everything around you vanishes. Yep. And Kalen finds himself alone in a completely black and totally blank place. There is nothing here. Reality has no definition at all. The closest you can come to it is there is some solidity beneath your feet, some ground that you are standing on. What illuminates it is those light green vines like chains that are hanging off you. You can see them lighting up this place, and you can hear faint whispers of your own voice again from all the different times and places rolled into one. You are introducing yourself to Eldest Thorn as his new arms master. There is a wolf woman growling at you, demanding to know if you serve the stag lord, seeking vengeance in her voice. You hear yourself intimidating Grigory out of your, out of your kingdom, All these voices, thousands of them, yourself, but all the people around you as well, all rolled into one, this quiet, discordant murmuring. A thousand voices. A thousand voices. And you see, at this point, something comes to light in front of you, Titania. 
just floating seemingly in this black, blank void, perhaps a few hundred feet in front of you, her features kind of unmistakable in this completely otherwise empty plane of reality. Tristan and Brynn, incidentally, are gone, yeah. as far as you can determine. She looks at you. Caelan. Lady Titania. So you have come here to end this. Aye. Everything I have done. Everything I have tried. Every sacrifice that I have made. I, she, I, Nerissa, Titania. Titania, she gave up everything because she knew that mortals would choose wrong. That they would... She gave up everything to save them. But they went to war again and again, allowed the outer darkness to creep at their minds and their hearts. You would have made it all for nothing, you know, mortal kind. All our sacrifices in vain. And yet, my efforts to save you have failed. Everything I have done, and I was punished for it, and punished harshly, Oberon Mab, but they took her from me. And she looks confused as if she is just realizing aspects of this now as she looks at you, and you will see her eyes at this point flicker to your back. And she clearly sees the swords for the first time. Yeah, because she's never seen, she's never been able to perceive them before. Yeah. They took her from me. Aye. They punished me for what they saw as my crimes. They wanted to give us a chance to live, time to pass. And look at where it has led you. Now you have come here, bringing war to my doorstep, bringing death and chaos, blood and swords, to my very doorstep, to the very heart of my realm, to the house at the edge of time. I'm sorry, lady, but you brought war to my doorstep first. Even here, the end of all things. It is not the end yet. I will not fight you, Caitlin Thorne. Not while the land can still stand against you. I will not fight you! And she throws her arms out, and she flies backwards away from you at incredible speed. And in the blink of an eye, things begin happening. Um, she flies away from you, shrinking and growing smaller as she does. Huge, thick, heavy trees grow around you in the blink of an eye, matting overhead in a darkish tunnel. Titania shrinks and disappears into a plain rock wall some distance away from you, with a hole in it about the size of a small fist. And an instant later, there is a as water shoots forward out of it in a great deluge, 
and between one blink of the eye and the next, you are now trapped in a flooding river, pressing hard up against, bobbing up against the top of the tunnel of trees made up in an archway like this, and a thing that's filled all the way up to here now with gushing, deluging water. And the trees seem to be reaching down, trying to spike you, even as the water itself tries to grab you and drive you under. And in that same blink of an eye, Tris and Brim, Tristan and Brim are back with you. The phantom horses suddenly being pushed away by the deluge behind them. And we go to the fight. Okay! So, I don't know whether you want to do things here. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. I probably don't want to push it much past 10.30. Much past 10, 10 10.15. But I don't know if we can accomplish some stuff in the fight um, in that time. That's still about um, half an hour, 40 minutes. Yep. So... How about I do all things for you to give you a perception of what is happening here? Yep. Um, so, what you've got is this thick mass of trees growing in an archway here. Yep. And you suddenly have this, this is what you, Caleb is looking at face on. Yep. And you suddenly have this deluging river that fills all the way up to about here. Yep. So there is enough room to get your head up and take a breath, but yeah. not by much. Yeah. It must be said. Um, Kaelin is suddenly being smashed into by this water that is flowing out, um, being pushed back a little, and it feels for a moment, based on every river Kaelin has fought, as if it is just going to smash you and sweep you away from this, that you have no chance to resist the force array against you. And yet, you can feel something at your back, and as you look behind you, those ethereal vines on you have gotten a lot shorter, and what you are suddenly pulling along behind you looks like a small version the size of a big model train set of the Shrike River, Tuskwater Lake. You can see Murkvale there, the tiny little lizard folk moving about it. The little ships, fishermen, traders out there, lake view in miniature on the edge of the Tuskwater Lake. The water surges through this illusion without harming it or interfering with it in any way, and you feel the strength of your rivers behind you. Sweet! Alright, and so... Uh, I will give you what you are going into here. Um, which is, um, Titania is gone from yep. sight. She is not here to interface with any further. Yeah. What you're effectively looking at here is something akin to a skill challenge type thing. Yeah. Uh, as to what you're trying to accomplish, that's a, a question that is, um, for you to yeah, answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, um, what Kaelin rapidly perceives is you are almost underwater. There is a thin gap where you can poke your head up and get some breath. This looks like you are not going to be hold, able to hold your breath anywhere near as long as you usually can because the water is deluging against you. Yeah. Um, 
So I am giving you, you may hold your breath for a number of rounds equal to quarter of your constitution, rounding up instead yep. of your usual constitution. Yep. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, and at this point, I probably want to go to Tristan. For a dumper, the three of you sort of splash and yep. bob and psh, water pushes against you. Tristan makes a knowledge the planes check. And he says, We're in our own little demiplane. This is everything that's left of Titania's power. What's left of the land itself. Her power over everything. Power, time, space, the lot of it. All fighting against us. Without the land with us will be swept away, but as it is, and he looks behind him and he attaches to the tusk water and stagthorn and things. I think we can do this. Like the divination said, we have to stop the river. I I figured that much. Any suggestions on how we stop the river? Do we swim up it until we find some way to down it? It looks looked like <clears throat> only coming from one source. Saw it when the water came. Was there with Titania. So all three of them have had the same... Both of them have had the same experience. They have been in their own little pocket. Yeah. Um, hearing whispers from their own lives, their own times. Yeah. Then they have seen Titania appear in front of them, had a conversation with her. Suddenly it's gone, grow. There's the rock wall at the end, and the river has started flowing out from that. Yeah. So it's all coming from, from one that. little hole. Cool. So if we can this. get... If we can get up to that, we can potentially block the hole and stop the river. Correct. Cool. All right. Let's... All right. This ain't getting any easier. Let's go. Tristan says, I think... We should have the opportunity to take off my plate. Tristan says, I think this is the end of it. There's no going back here. I can... You can feel it, right? In the planar energies? Oh, uh... We're not getting out of here. So, you are now in your own, in, in a, in a separate demiplane. Yep. The edge of time. Yep. Um, which has very little that is going to be of substantive meaning to you, uh, except that it bars all forms of planar movement. Yep. Um, which will prevent you plane shifting out. Yeah. It will prevent Bryn from becoming ethereal. This is what Tristan knows. Yeah. And that's about it. In yeah. terms of, I don't think it will do jack shit to Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin doesn't have the ability to plane shift in the first place, and yeah. that's um, is uh, uh, largely unworried about it being blocked. He kind of liked trust from having the ability to plane shift. But you cannot get out. You cannot get out. The yeah. river is coming. Yeah. This is now the point where you have to break Titania's power over the land. Yeah. To bring her down to something you can actually fight. Yep. All right. So we need to stop the river. Yep. Is this, uh, at this point, some kind of initiative check? It does sound that way. If, if we want to go into that tonight, or we can just leave it here. Uh, I mean, after we stop the, do you reckon stopping the river is going to be um, big enough that we um, will need more than half an hour for it? I'm not sure. 
it's certainly going to be round by round. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to function vaguely like a fight. You stand in initiative order, you yeah. move round by round, this thing happens, then that thing happens, then the other thing happens. Alright, well, it's already quite late, and, um, you know, a dramatic fight scene is tra- traditionally a good ending conclusion, yeah. so shall we, um, shall we leave it there? And as you have been given on your, um, uh, on your divination, you can probably guess there's more than one um, level to this. Yeah, I, because we need to climb the mountain, climb the tree, stop the river, and use the key. Yep. And this is the river. Yep. <laughs> Three lands hold powers amidst, pa- amidst her pains. Yes. And there are three lands. Climb the, climb the mountain, climb the tree, stop the river, use the key. Yep. Yep. All right. That, so, that was great, by the way. The Titanic Showdown begins. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum.